That really never gets old. I still listen to that toy do that sound, and it just makes me so happy. Hey, you guys, it's Nilsa Gazda, the host of the brand new podcast called She's a Mom Now. I wanted to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you that has supported me, encouraged me, that has listened to my podcast, downloaded my podcast, rated my podcast, and just everyone that has been a follower of me. I really appreciate you guys so much. And I want to let you guys know that I truly would not be where I am if it wasn't for your guys' love and support. I think one of the best comments that I've received is people commenting on my growth. When I started MTV Florida Shore, I was 23 years old. I literally had nothing going for me. So I took a whim on this opportunity and I had a lot of growing to do. I know I joke all the time, like if 28-year-old Nilsa was to have met 23-year-old Nilsa, I would have been like, oh my God, this girl, she needs to grow up. And, you know, that's what I did. I feel like I've come a long way. I feel like I'm in the best stage of my life, being a mother, being a wife. And I am truly so blessed. And when I lay down at night, you know, and I thank God for everything he's blessed me with, I always kind of like ask, like, I don't know what I did to deserve this. What did I do to deserve this life? But I thank you, Lord, so much. For this episode, I want to talk about my pet peeves of being a mother. Let's talk about a pet peeve of mine before I even became a mother. When I was still pregnant, there was this one particular family member. If you guys watch my TikTok, you guys might know a little bit of description of this person. Every time we would go to a family gathering and this one particular family member was there, he would always, always, always make comments about the size of my stomach. He would make comments like, are you sure you're not due tomorrow? Are you sure you're not having twins? Oh my gosh, like, how how are you feeling? You're so big. And I'm like, Gus, the next time this guy says this to me, I literally want you to knock his lights out because I, I'm, I'm going to do that if he makes one more comment about my size while I'm being pregnant. For someone to comment on any size of someone being pregnant is not okay. Why can't you just say, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful. Oh my gosh, you're glowing. Give encouraging comments. I know some friends that, you know, it took a while for their bellies to poke out and they were always self-conscious about their bump being too small. Don't make comments in, at all. If you want to comment anything, comment something encouraging, which brings me to my next pet peeve. There were the just wait comments and the just wait comments would literally tick me off like no other. Oh, you better be getting all your sleep now because when the baby gets here, you're not going to be able to sleep at all. You and Gus better spend a lot of time together because when that baby gets here, y'all are not going to be spending any time together. All your time is going to be focused on the baby. Your hair looks so good, but when the baby gets here, you're never going to have time to do anything for yourself. You just wait. A lot of people don't want to comment about how good motherhood is. They always want to comment on the negative. Why don't people say, just wait, like you are going to love this little baby so much and this baby is going to bring you so much joy or just wait because the type of love a mother has for their baby is unlike any other. Like, why can't people say those comments? They always want to focus on the negative and that literally makes me so angry. Let's talk about people asking about baby number two. Now, this might not be a pet peeve for a lot of people, but I get asked all the time, when am I going to have baby number two? And to be honest with you guys, I think we're one and done and one of my main reasons for that 
is because I battled with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety so bad. There were days that I didn't know if I was going to even make it through the day. So I literally straight up tell people, you know, I want Gray to have a happy, healthy mother. And I don't want to have to go through the risk of having postpartum depression again. Now, in a few years, we might revisit this. But for somebody to keep asking me, it's like, why can't you ask me how Gray's doing? Or why can't you ask me what Gray ate for lunch today? <laughs> like, why do we always want to focus on the future? Why can't you focus on the now? So many women struggle getting pregnant. There's so many women that have to do IVF. They have to adopt. They have to do all these things to have a baby. And how do you think those comments make another woman feel? Even if it's not, you're not asking her directly after she has a baby, but if they hear you asking about baby number two, you know, it's going to really discourage them because it takes a lot for some people to conceive a baby years and years and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on IVF. And that's why I, I will never comment on if someone's going to have another baby. I always try to speak carefully because I don't want to be insensitive to somebody and hurt someone's feelings, you know, because you never know what it took for someone to have one baby, let alone asking about baby number two. Why can't we just enjoy baby number one for a little bit? And I want to take the time to say to all the moms that are struggling to conceive, I'm praying for you. I'm sending you baby dust and I am hoping you get that positive test. Let me take you guys to my number one pet peeve. Okay, so you guys know since struggling with postpartum depression, I started seeing a therapist and my therapist has told me she wants me to do one thing, at least one thing for myself a week, whether that be go for a run in the park, whether that be go get my nails done, go to happy hour with my friends. Okay, so I'm doing that to like have some self-care and I have people that will ask me, well, who's watching Gray? Like, um, Karen, who do you think's watching Gray? His dad. And if his dad is with me, then we have a trusted babysitter. It like blows people's minds that Gus will parent Gray. Because I know some people like to call it, oh, it, oh, is the dad babysitting tonight? No, the dad's parenting tonight because... You know, that's what parents do. They parent their children. And Gus and I, we have a good balance. We like to take turns. So if I go to happy hour with my friends on a Friday night, he'll go golfing Saturday morning. And then Sunday is family day. But we have all the rest of the day Saturday because he always tries to go golfing early in the morning. And that's what works for us. And mind you, we do get to spend every night together. We don't do this every week. And even if we did, that is nobody's business. Listen, y'all, I get criticized for Gus having to do chores because I talk about Gus always washes the bottles every night. And that was an agreement we made or like something we like decided on when I was breastfeeding because I would be so exhausted when I was breastfeeding and all those pump parts. It takes a while to wash them all, especially when you're pumping like eight times a day and then you're also like breastfeeding like it's so exhausting when I tell people that Gus yeah he does chores it blows their mind as well it's like yeah it's called being a parent just like when Gus stays home to watch Gray he is parenting it takes two people in a relationship to make it work and I get a lot of comments where people are like oh well then what do you do um I cook three to four meals a week homemade meals I make Gray's breakfast and lunch every single day and again 
it's nobody's business what I do. And with me saying it, it takes both of us to parent. I want to say that another pet peeve of mine is people judging single moms. This brings me to the next point that I want to make. I say that it takes Gus and I to parent, but there are so many single moms that are freaking crushing it. And it ticks me off when I see people judging single moms because you do not know their story. You don't know if they're getting out of an abusive relationship and they're trying to save their child. You don't know if the father of their child has passed away. You don't know their story. So why make comments at all about how they are being a single mom? Because personally, I could not do it. I think single moms are freaking amazing. They're rock stars. They're kick-ass parents. I have a few friends that are single moms. I have aunts that are single moms. I have cousins that are single moms. And just watching them do it, I'm like, it blows my mind because I'm like, you guys can literally do it all. You're playing two roles. Like, shout out to you for crushing motherhood. Let's talk about the working moms versus the stay-at-home moms versus the working stay-at-home moms. Don't you guys feel like it's never enough for somebody, which we shouldn't care what other people say or think, but I really feel like people are going to have their opinions either way you slice it. It doesn't matter what we decide to do. They don't care that we're making these decisions for what's best for our families. They're not taken in consideration. So moms that stay at home, they're constantly doing something with their children. It's a 24-hour job. I know motherhood, period, is a 24-hour job, but it's a job that they don't get paid for. And then other people want to talk about moms working from home and sending their kids to daycare, like people are criticizing me about. It's like, oh, well, you're working from home. Can't your son just be there with you? Actually, no, he is 16 months old, so he requires a lot of attention. And there was a point where I was getting none of my work done. I was missing deadlines, and I, I was on the verge of a mental breakdown. So daycare was the best option for us. And then people want to talk about moms that work outside the home. So there are so many women that have like these awesome jobs that they went to school for. They have a career. They have all these different things and it's not good enough for people either. It's like, so you're going to focus on her being outside of the home for seven hours versus her providing for her family. Like what, 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 are, what are, do we live in a twilight zone? Because I think no matter what a mom is doing, they are doing their best, whether it be working from home, whether it be working outside the home, whether it be a stay-at-home mom. And honestly, we can do it all. It's not the 1920s anymore. Moms don't have to just stay at home and care for their kids and focus just on cooking and cleaning and catering to their husbands all day. Now, I know I have some friends that they enjoy doing that and they love doing that and they live for that. And... It is what works for you. Do what works for you and your family. And don't give up about what anyone else says. I feel like if a mom is doing her best and trying her best and her kid is loved and nurtured and cared for, like, why make comments on their parenting, you know? Speaking of commenting on people's parenting. For me, when I am overwhelmed, especially when Gray was a newborn and I felt like I just, like, did not know what I was doing, I feel like people would just make unhelpful comments versus 
saying like, oh, well, you know what? This is what I did and I, I tried this. Maybe you can try this or I can show you. I can show you like a different technique if you want to try this versus like trying to force it down somebody's throat or just making unhelpful comments in general. And I'm going to tell you a story. We were at Gus's work party, like a get to know each other gathering. There was a new mom there. She was a first time mom and her baby was being fussy. When Gray used to be fussy, there was this thing called the colic hole. It's like where you put two fingers under their chin and then you put your arm under the baby and you kind of bounce the baby. And that was like a lifesaver because it always worked for Gray when he was being fussy. And instead of us just staring at her like you know, being overwhelmed and the baby being fussy. I told Gus to go over there and show them this is this is what, you know, work for Gray. You guys might want to try it and I can show you. So Gus literally took the baby and did the colic hold and the baby stopped crying. So I feel like if you're going to make any comments at all on parenting, let it be a helpful one. RSV season is here. It's never okay to kiss another person's baby, especially during RSV season, I actually have a friend whose daughter had RSV and she was put in the hospital. I don't think you want that on your conscience. Conscience? Conscience. That's the word. Y'all know I'm not good with these big words. I need to like read a dictionary or an encyclopedia because I'm a podcast host now. I need to like sound smart, right? You might not be sick and you might not be sneezing. You might not have any symptoms, but you can still carry RSV and you can still make a baby sick. So... Do not kiss a baby that did not come out of your hoo-ha. You might think a little kiss on the head, a little kiss on the foot is harmless, but that little kiss could be deadly. One thing my therapist has been teaching me is boundaries. You know, have my boundaries, stick by my boundaries, and that will make me happier and healthier. I think that everyone should respect new parents or parents at all space and boundaries when it comes to their children because they are trying to protect their children the best way that they know how. So if they're setting a boundary, it's for a reason. It's not because they think you're going to like harm their baby. It's because they're just trying to protect their babies. I've never been the type of mom that will just like kind of like let anyone hold my baby especially if I don't know you, I do not want your hands on my child. I've always had like a safe space for Gray. Like I always want Gray to know that he can tell people no, that he can tell people, no, thank you. I don't want to give you a hug. Um, I don't want to make Gray ever feel uncomfortable. And so I'm, I'm not going to be the mom to force Gray to hug every single relative if he doesn't want to. If he decides he wants to give you a hug, then he'll give you a hug. But I'm going to let him know that boundaries and space is okay and they need to be respected. When I was battling postpartum depression, there were times when it would like trigger me to see someone else holding Gray and it could be like a really close family member. So it would just trigger my postpartum depression or my more so my postpartum anxiety. At the time, I was like, is she going to take my baby or is she, is she going to not give me my baby back? And that is just my mind playing tricks on me. But those feelings are real and those feelings are valid. I feel like a lot of people downgrade postpartum depression, which is another one of my um, pet peeves. It doesn't matter if it's like a doctor, your mom your dad, a grandparent, if they're downgrading your postpartum depression, then you should take a step back from that relationship and create a boundary because postpartum depression and anxiety and rage is 100% real. And I know I see a lot of comments on my social media where they will go to the doctor and they will explain to the doctor 
their feelings that they don't feel okay. They feel like they're drowning. They feel like they can't keep their head above water. They feel overwhelmed. They get looked over. And that's how we lose mothers. It takes a lot of courage to even admit that you're struggling. So if someone comes to you and confides in you, believe them. It's so heartbreaking to see so many moms that explain what they're feeling to their doctor and their doctors say, oh, no, you'll be fine or you should just calm down. It's like you say that to her and she goes home and has like an episode and you don't know what could happen. She might harm herself. She might fall into a deeper depression. So I feel like if anyone comes to you about struggling, believe them and listen to them. These are just my pet peeves, and not everyone is going to get aggravated about the things I just listed. I feel like it's pretty normal to have these as a pet peeve, being a mother. And I try to be easygoing sometimes, you know, when my um, anxiety isn't getting to me. But I do try to be easygoing. But there are just some things that I will always stand behind, like don't kiss babies. Don't make unhelpful comments. Don't comment on the size of a pregnant woman. And I know you you might not mean any harm, but asking about baby number two, if someone wants to talk to you about possibly having baby number two, you know, that's, that's great. But don't force the question. Do not criticize working moms, stay-at-home moms, working from home moms. It's a 24-hour job being a mom. So whatever they decide is their choice and it's what's best for their family. Something that might work for me and Gus might not work for my best friend or my cousin. So we're all just trying to do our best. Things are changing. People are evolving. I think people are more comfortable with their boundaries and their parenting now more than ever. Please don't make unhelpful comments when you see a mother struggling or being overwhelmed. Do something to help. Show them something that helps your baby. Within reason, because like I said, we don't want to force somebody into our parenting style. Like, for example, Gus showing another mom the colic hold. Versus just standing there and staring at an overwhelmed mom. It makes them feel uncomfortable. It kind of irritates them. I know it did for me when I would be overwhelmed with gray and people would just be staring at me versus like giving me a helpful tip. Respect new parents' boundaries and respect new parents' space. It takes a lot of practice to set boundaries. I know for me, I'm actually in therapy and that's one of the things that I'm working on is my boundaries. Now, for my single mamas, you guys are freaking awesome. You guys kick ass. I admire you as a mother to a mother. And I know that you guys have the roles of two parents and you guys are amazing. All of us mamas are just trying to do our best. So if you have a pet peeve, don't be afraid to like speak about it because that's part of setting boundaries and creating a safe place for you and your family. Let me reiterate this one more time. Do not, do not, do not kiss a baby that isn't yours. If the baby did not come out of your hoo-ha, then you have no right to the baby, first of all, and no right to kiss the baby. I just want to say again that RSV season is here. And please protect your baby. Stay safe. Don't be afraid to set those boundaries. I hope I didn't seem like a total Karen during this episode, but I thought it would be a pretty fun episode to talk about my pet peeves and hopefully this helps someone else set their boundaries and stick to 
their space and what's best for their family. And maybe it will help somebody else not make, you know, unwanted comments to another mother or a pregnant woman. I also want to take this time to tell everyone that is in the path of Hurricane Ian that I am praying for you. As of right now, Puerto Rico has 746,000 people without power. Miami's been hit. Cuba's been hit. Tampa has evacuated over 390,000 people. You guys, please keep everyone in the path of Hurricane Ian and your prayers. Do what you can to help. I know there's not much help that we can do until the cleanup time and the aftermath because I know when Hurricane Michael hit, you just had to wait out the storm. And then when it was time to help, send water, send canned goods, send diapers, wipes, emergency kits. Do whatever you can to help, even if it's just a simple prayer. Even though we live in Florida and people say we should be used to hurricanes by now, but hurricanes are still scary. They're deadly. You never know when a hurricane can take the slightest turn and you're the one in the path. So just always be cautious, stay safe. And I appreciate everyone for listening to my episode of all my pet peeves. I wonder what I'm going to call this episode. Nilsa is a Karen because she has so many pet peeves. I'm just kidding. This is just something that I stick to and everyone has different parenting styles and I'm always going to respect someone else's parenting styles. Unless you're like an asshole, then I'm going to be like, eh, maybe I'm not going to do that one. I appreciate everyone that has listened to my podcast. If you are feeling froggy and want to subscribe, that would be pretty cool and I will appreciate you for it. But thank you all so much for the love and support. It amazes me still how many followers I have, how many supporters I have, how many people love me. And I truly am so thankful and so blessed. So you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. I love you all so much and please stay safe.